there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Well, the managers of the big two, they won't let the penalty decision go away. Not so much they won't let it go away. They've been asked about it today. So we'll hear Michael Beale's view of the Conor Goldson save or when the ball struck his hand on Monday. And we'll hear from Ange Postacoglu as well. It was 2-2 on Monday. That's now in the history books. And it's on till this weekend. Celtic in action tomorrow at home to Kilmarnock. There's also St Mirren Hearts, Aberdeen St Johnson and Ross County Livingston. And then on Sunday, Motherwell against Hebs and Dundee United against Rangers. Other headlines today, well Louis Moult his loan deal at Motherwell has been cut short Aberdeen have signed Graham Shinney and Patrick Milovsky. Uh, Espanyol reportedly offer a Celtic concrete offer for Josep Juranovic I almost said that, so <laughs> looks as though the Spanish uh, giants are in for Juranovic uh, what else has been happening today in Southampton scouting Dyson Maeda and Norwich Angus Gunn, many of you might remember his dad, of course, Brian Gunn, the keeper. Well, he's the Norwich number one at the moment. Could he switch from England to Scotland and be a replacement when Craig Gordon is out? Something to talk about with the former goalkeeper, Mark Guidi, who's with us, and also Peter Grant back with us tonight. Peter, thanks for coming back in. It's a pleasure, Paul. Barry is, and Craig Moore also, there's an event on Mark this week. It was the same last night. Andy Walker kindly came off the bench. There's a X-Rangers captain's event yeah, in Glasgow a, two nights running yeah a yeah. number of ex-rangers captains um, over so yeah I think they're, they're all as, as, as Peter notes it's great when they all they get together and, and, and reminisce so yeah but I, I remember. believe yeah, <laughs> I believe Terry Butcher Richard Goff Barry Ferguson Lorenzo Amorous yeah there's uh, David Weir so aye, it's, um, I'm sure the, the Rangers supporters will, will, be, will be having a good night and the world of football morning, another great, but he was only 58 years old, Gianluca Vialli. We all remember what a player he was, Sampdoria, Juventus, Chelsea, and of course manager, cup winning manager at Chelsea. And Peter, you played against him at 16 or 17. Yeah, but did. It was in Monaco, believe it or not, Paul, youth tournament. Um, Scotland, Italy, France, I think we played at that particular time. And we actually lost 1-0, I think. It was a very tough game. Mancini was playing with Viali. Mancini had just signed for Sampdoria as a young man and they were very close friends, obviously. And then Gianluca was playing. But what a player, even as a young player, you know, right through his career. As I say, he was at Sampdoria. And I think there was a story I was saying to you earlier on there that I think he went and strike there because I think his father was quite wealthy. But that wasn't the case. But he was such strong-willed and headed that he felt he wasn't getting offered enough at that particular time. And I think he went out of the game for a few months wow. because he just thought... Because at that particular time, they could hold on to your registration. Sure. You know? Changed days. Changed days. But my goodness, he came back and he made some mark uh, as a player. And then went away for the record fee at that particular yeah. time, 12.6, was it? It was, you know? off from Sampdoria to Juventus, who were the powerhouse in Europe at that point, weren't they? The, the old ladies. As he was. He yeah. was a powerhouse. Sure. He had a mixture of everything. He was your complete striker. He would make runs, he was physical, you know, he could score goals, all these things, but a fantastic player and by all accounts a fantastic man as well. And Mark, uh, Graham Souness, you know, big 
hard man, you know, mm. fantastic player. He had a lovely tribute to him today Aye. and he said, forget the football side, a gorgeous soul. Aye, it's yeah. a, it really is a lovely quote uh, from Graham Souness and, and he's got it spot on. Graham's spoken a few times of, um, about him, you know, when, when he went to um, Sampdoria as a, an experienced player from Liverpool. I says, no, it was two, uh, two kind of youngsters and it was Mancini and Viali. Mm. He said, full of fun, but wonderful talents. You could even tell at that age, but he yeah. said they were mischievous and Graham liked that, you know, Viali, that we mischievous side to him but he could tell then even at 20 years old you know, he was going to be a a, a proper player and, and, and what a what a career I don't know going back to probably Peter's time at Celtic Paul I'm, I'm sure back then Rangers Walter would have been sniffing about I'm sure there was there was talks whether then came of it he was getting towards the end of his his career getting okay. to his kind of mid-30s and I'm sure that, that, that Rangers as were doing back at that time they were going for a lot of big sure. names and um, I think Viali Gianluca Viali was one of the guys on, on the radar and he was also had a wonderfully close relationship with one of Peter's former coaches Jim Duffy as well Jim was his youth team coach at Chelsea and they kept in touch and so I'm sure Jim will be feeling it today as well because I think they were very close yeah. Wonderful tributes to him today 58 years old he was uh, suffering from pancreatic cancer far too young but Peter we love to hear the wee insights as well what was your gear like when you were up against the Italians so Gianluca coming along who else was there Mancini, Mancini as well, well. Yeah. Yeah. if you put it like you can right. imagine the Italians all looked immaculate anyway you were what everyone wants uh, well we had the B-Cal tracks it's on the shiny ones if you sat down you slid for about three miles <laughs> you know what I mean I'd right and left on my gutties we called them then I got at Celtic one had a right on it and one had a left row on it they were coming everything matched and we couldn't believe it we were turning up and the coats like Clumbo yeah. and all that we were like we'd old jackets we'd duffel coats and that yeah. <laughs> our, our own not the not the countries Mark's still wearing them <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was going yeah. to say somebody Mark's gear tonight yeah. <laughs> that's true you've been too kind <laughs> yeah so uh, Chelsea and throughout the world Juventus Sampdoria in that wonderful city of Genoa um, yeah Gianluca everybody just yep. says positive about him mm. you know anybody that came along I was listening to certain players who he signed for what I signed for them he could remember them Melchior had an unbelievable story talking about him he asked for his shorts as a 14 year old he was at the side of the pitch when Ajax played them and he remembered them when he went to sign them he said if you sign for me I want my shorts back oh no way did they yeah. ah, he said it was unbelievable he said I don't know if somebody yeah. told him or whatever he said uh, but he just said but if you sign for me I want my shorts oh, back really? he said and I felt a million dollars he had other clubs Liverpool and everything yeah. had come over to speak mm. to me at that particular time and that made me sign for Chelsea it was a fantastic oh, story oh. back here then looking forward to this weekend but inevitably we have to look back till Monday maybe this will be the last time we talk about it both managers were in front of the media today so to be fair Mark set the scene the, the journalists are there and they yeah. ask them questions so yeah. I'm not saying that Ange Postacoglu stood up and said I want to talk about the goals I'm not saying Michael Beale did but here were their answers this is uh, it's quite meaty uh, Michael Beale first of all so what about that when Goldson handled the ball it was blasted towards the goal should it have been a penalty here's his view Listen, I think VAR, we all wanted it, now we've got it, and now we're not sure if we want it or not. So I think that's where we're at. I think um, at the time, obviously, I'm seeing it, I don't see it too after the game. So I wasn't sure at the time whether it was or wasn't. I see one player for them appeal for it, not everybody. And then you read the law, and the law says one thing, and it's how that law is then perceived, and the, the officials on the, on the day perceived it a certain way. I thought, actually, John and the staff that were there, the, the officials that were there, I thought they had a good game. For an old firm game, I thought they managed the game really well. He didn't ban cards out early. It was two teams going... I thought it was a cracking game. I thought two teams went head-to-head -head, uh, for the full 90 minutes. 
And I thought John and, and the other officials managed the game on the day very, very well. I actually thought that when the game ended, you know, there's always some things you think can go for you or against you. When you read the, the rule, it seems like they got it to the letter. So across the city, or I suppose at Lennox Town, uh, Celtic had their media session, and here is Ange Postacoglu. He was asked, uh, was it a penalty? It's a penalty. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I've seen sort of people do all sorts of mental gymnastics trying to show why it's not a penalty, which probably suggests it is. Just stop trying to find a reason it's not. If it wasn't, it'd be a simple explanation. And I don't think it's just confined to us uh, as a club. I think there's other clubs probably in the same boat where it's just really confusing now for, for, for sort of players in, in the box to know what they can or can't do because it seems that it changes depending on, you know, who's, who's in charge of the decision-making process because there's just zero, there's been zero consistency in, 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 in the decisions being made. So, you know, I've always abided by the referee's decision. Again, you'd be hard-pressed to find me really criticising any referee because I've always believed these things even themselves out. When I look at the introduction of VAR and the decisions that have gone against us in particular, zero chance that that's going to even up between now and the end of the year because it's just remarkable that we've had three, three, at least three major decisions go against us. Mark, what do you take on it as a top journalist? <clears throat> oh, the, the, the stuff from Postacoglu is yeah. dynamite. It's yeah. dynamite, um, you know, because he's saying he... Over the piece in his playing career, managerial career, these things even they sell out, even themselves out, which tends to be the common phrase in football all, all around the world. But he said there, we've had three blatant ones go against us. He says, so there's no way it can even themselves out. He said, the end of the year, whether it means the end of 2023 or the end of this season. Probably means the end of this season. Um, and, and, and that's right. I mean, you can think of a couple of howlers that have gone against um, uh, Celtic penalties that have been given against them and the one with Michael Smith that they weren't given um, at Tynecastle. I think the Michael Smith one was blatant I don't think Monday Ibrox is blatant I don't think that at all you, you then listen to Michael Beale and he says if you read the rule book then the rule book is pretty clear as to why that penalty was not given as to why Wally Collum's not referred John yeah. Beaton to the screen but they, they, you then listen to Ange Postecoglou and he says it's a penalty it's a clear penalty Whatever way you look at it, don't find, don't try and find a reason not to give it or why it's not been given. So there's completely contrasting views today from both managers, which you would kind of um, expect. Um, that's where you would love Crawford Allen, the head of the referees, to come out and give us clarity. Now, he doesn't need to say Ange Postacoglu is right or wrong, or Michael Beale's right or wrong. Come out and tell us why the penalty wasn't given. And I know there's a real book out there for us all going to yeah. look at. I get that. But the head of our refereeing association, it's the biggest game in the land. It was potentially going to blow the title race wide open. Um, and um, we still haven't had anything from the SFA. I don't, with things like that, I, I'll defend the referees and defend the SFA, Paul. But with things like that, it's causing um, all sorts. We're five day number five now. It's causing all sorts all over the city in both camps today again it's still rumbling on and if Crawford Allen would come out as the head of the referee association and say the reason the penalty wasn't given is but all it has to do is say refer to rule such and such there it's there in black and white and print it print it in SFA which is the actual particular rule that, that it applies to or he could go out and says actually do you know what Celtic might have a case Maybe Willie should have referred John to the screen. 
We don't know. Yeah. Because Michael Beale's saying it's absolutely right and Ange Postacoglu's saying it's absolutely wrong and bang in the middle, the people who can give you an answer are saying nothing. Silence, not golden in this case. Peter, what's your view? Has anything changed over the few days on it now? It's day five. Well, as Ange said there, and I said it the other day there, was the fact that it's not just Celtic and Rangers games. It's every game. Yeah. So I've got them down the country watching games that they've not got VAR and some of the decisions I see are atrocious. I mean atrocious. So we can't just blame VAR. I told you VAR would be a disaster. You from did, day one. yeah. I told you the reasons why. The thing I can't get my head round, and as I say, I, I agree at the time, I'm thinking I don't know, because like everybody else, you're watching on the television, it happens quickly, you don't know if it's a penalty kick, when you slow it down. The thing they've always said is, if your hands are in the wrong position, in an unnatural position, I do not walk about with my hands in front of my face. Yeah. So that's not a natural position. That's like I'm saying somebody would have to slide with a straight jacket on now because your hands can't go down naturally. So they give a penalty for that. So how can that be an unnatural position? Because that's a natural position, but not in front of my face. But Barry and the other night, there was Rangers captain, Rangers supporter, and he agreed it's a penalty kick. Michael Beale, I can guarantee you 100%, he'd be saying it's a penalty kick if Rangers would have lost the game and the shoe was another foot. <laughs> 100%. There is no doubt of that. And... Listen, we can go on and greet about it all we want. You'll never get the straight answers. Nobody will know the reasons why, you know, because we've, we've talked about it, it's happened not just at Celtic, not yeah. just at Rangers, but everywhere it happens. And we still don't get the answers. Is it just down to poor decisions? And I think that's the reason. Just yeah. poor yeah. decisions. That's what it is. And do, do you know also as well, from the SFA point of view and the referee point of view, see if Crawford Allen believes the decision is right. And I'm sure he does. You know, and I have a lot of respect for Willie Collum, the official... A lot of respect sure. for Willie. Yeah. And Willie will know the rule book inside oh. out and back to front. So maybe that's why he's just not a fair job because in his eyes, according to the book, it's not a penalty kick. It's as simple as that. So surely the SFA, Crawford Allen, should come out and put an end to this and defend these whistles. And actually, yeah. you know what? Sure. They're 100% right. Yeah. They got it right. End of argument. But, Mark, but this has rumbled on. But you know? Mark, that's the problem. In a couple of weeks' time, I can guarantee it'll happen. There'll be a penalty kick given. There'll be a penalty kick given somewhere along the line in this season. Yep. For something similar. And everyone will pile and on. And everybody will pile on sure. again. Yeah. And say, well, what about the Celtic Rangers game? You know, Celtic, and you know, as a Celtic supporters, we will ah, look at that. That happened in our game and we never got the penalty kick. How's that a penalty kick now? And that's what you're constantly seeing. It's all right saying there's a rule book. For who? The sure. rules, do they hide in the rule book so nobody knows the rules? And I kept saying that when I went to the referees meeting when I was manager. I used to come off and scratch my head and I know their head was busting with me because I'd say, well, I actually was at one, this telling this is God's mm -hmm. honest truth. I was at a meeting at 10 o'clock one morning, Sunday morning, I yep. always remember it. Referee goes on and talks and I'll not mention names, goes on and talks, says that's a penalty kick, this is whatever, northern off, this is not a northern off. The same referee is refereeing that afternoon, it was a Sunday afternoon, he was refereeing that afternoon and gave the complete opposite decision You're that kidding. he'd actually yeah. spoke about. Who'd be a referee? And that's your point. Help the referees by saying, because you know, I don't know, I'm a punter watching it on here. Barry um, and John said, well, I, th I think that would be a penalty. Um, and you'd have thought that Willie Collin would have referred it to the referee. Who's in charge? I think it should have been referred to John Beaton. Now, yeah. John Beaton might but, have looked at it and said no, but yeah. Willie Collum... But my, my point on that, Paul, would be, and, and I didn't no. make this point on Tuesday, but my point on that would be, if it is the right decision, yeah. 
and Michael Bielsen is, but the SFA haven't cleared it up, sure. right? And I've no, don't know if Dermot Gallagher's tackled it on Sky, but I don't know, right? But if it is the right decision, but let's say Willie, Willie's looked at it and thought, no, I don't know, but let's say Willie's looked at it and he knows it's not a penalty and he knows that, no, that's, that's, there's no way that's a penalty, that's that's by the rule book, that's not a pen. But let's just say he did prefer John Beaton to the screen. John Beaton goes over to the screen. If John Beaton knows the rule book inside out and back to front, what well, I'm sure he does, he'll be going to his, and he, Willie, what are you doing sending me to the screen? That's never a penalty. Do you not know the rules? Right. Or are you trying to get, get sell to a penalty, Willie? What's going on? So therefore, I can only imagine by the letter of the law that it's not a penalty kick. Or they've got it completely wrong and it's radio silence because they, they, they don't want to go near the subject. But I'm just thinking if it's right, come out and defend your referees and, Absolutely. and tell us. Yeah, you're right. The head of refereeing, Crawford Allen, should come out and say, this is what happened. Now, they might say, look, we're going to be every week. Well, maybe they are. After the contentious decisions right around the country, the Ricky Lamy, you know, judged to be a handball last weekend. There's lots of different well, things. Every week, as Peter sure. says. Yeah. We at different games. We don't just do Celtic and Rangers game, but at different yeah. games every week. Up and down the country, every manager and every player will have a gripe against an official at full time in every game up and down the country. Have you got the stomach for one bit more from both managers and then we'll move on? But the thing Peter, is, well, yeah. just forgive me on it. I, yeah. I can't remember where John's position was. Could John yeah. see it? I'd like, I can't remember, so I'm maybe being disrespectful here. So why doesn't John see the player's hands are up at his face and it's a penalty kick then? Because it's not a natural position. Yeah. So I, I just don't know if I, he was blinded. I can't remember the incident okay. really now. So why can he not make the decision? And I told you that's the problem you have with VAR. It's Wally Collum yeah. now that's making the decision. No John Beaton, he's a referee. That's it. Let's hear from the two managers again. Michael Beale first. I don't think anyone sat in this room now or any manager knows the laws as good as the officials. You know, some of the laws seem to change and we're told them, but it's not our day in, day out job to know it. Um, with the handballs, I suppose the whole of the world football is, is a little bit unsure at times, but when you see what's actually written, then I think they got the decision right. On the same subject, Ange Postacoglu. I guarantee you that if that game finished to all and it was Rangers that were denied that decision, the talk this would be this week would be about how that was a title-defining decision. Now, the fact that it wasn't because we still got a result, as we have in all the other games, we, whether that was a time castle here at home where the decision's gone against us, does not mean we should ignore it because that could be a team that, gets relegated on a decision like that. So I still think it needs to be highlighted. I think it still needs clarification. Um, but to go back to your original question, it's a penalty in my mind. Before we even started introducing VAR, it's, it's always been a penalty. If you, To be honest, there was only two saves made in the game, one by Joe and one by Connor. That was it. We're going to get your view next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go Chris, the weekend is here, Paul Cooney with Peter Grant and Mark Guidi with Macklin Motors We're getting down to what's happening this weekend but some really strong and really interesting comments from both managers after the 2-2 draw on Monday Many Rangers fans In fact, let's hear from a Rangers fan Derek is on the line Good evening, Happy New Year Derek Happy New Year, Paul. Happy New Year, panel. Hi, Derek. Oh, Happy Derek. New Year to you. Derek? Yeah, just about... Yeah, on you go. Just about the, the penalty incident. Um, I just heard Mark saying he didn't know if Dermot Gallagher had looked at it. Dermot Gallagher yeah. has commented on it, and so had Stuart Dougal. There is actually an IFAB rule, and I don't think the problem with this one is far. I think it is the continual 
changing handball rule. But if an attacker takes a shot and it's at close range and the defender puts his hands up in an involuntary reaction, as long as he doesn't make his body wider or bigger, then the play should continue. So that's the IFAB rule. I just read about it today because this has rumbled on far too long. And you can see why then that maybe that's the reason why beating's not being called to go to it if columns make the yeah. sense. Yep. But I know what Mark's I know what Mark's saying on about the SFA should come out, but the SFA never come out, Mark, and tells about decisions. Well, I think Crawford Allen, came, Crawford Allen came out once, didn't he, after a, a, a Celtic goal, a tight offside decision. I think that's the only time he's come out in the past year or so. But what I'm saying is, Derek, if you, so you've, and that, that kind of clears it up for me then. Let us see, I know about, I know Willie, I have a lot of respect for Willie. He knows the rule book inside out, back to front. And if he's called the right thing, but what I'm saying, the SFA is his employer. There's got to be, I think, a bit of protection as well, because on day five today, you're still getting Ange Postacoglu being asked about it and saying, no, it's a clear penalty kick. So the SFA should come out and protect the employees. And actually, no, our man, VAR and the match referee, got it absolutely right. Despite what anybody's saying, it was not a penalty kick. And that's all I'm saying. Just clear it up and defend your people. If they've got it right, defend them. I can understand if they've got it wrong, they want to yeah. go into a bunker and they want to hide. But if they've called it right, and actually came out and praised him and actually says, you know what, well done. It was a big call, an important call, and they've got it right. Here's the reason why. But no, nothing at all from them. And they're letting Willie call him and John Beaton yeah. and all the rest take all the flack still five days on. Derek, coming back to you in a second, he, he, here's one more from Ange Postacoglu from today. I don't think that's my role. I've never seen it as my role. I, I really I have a great respect for officials and officialdom because they know their job better than I do. Um, I, I've always said that, you know, it's like, you know, I wouldn't expect a referee to come in here and tell me how to do my job, you know. All I can do is try and convey, you know, what our side of the fence feels and, and sees at the moment. And there's a great deal of confusion as to what, you know, our players are supposed to do in the box. Is it hands behind the back or is it hands behind the back or yes in front of your face or yes in front of your face but not extended above, you know. I mean, it's just... And that's not off the back of the interpretation of the law. That's on the back of the evidence of decisions made. I don't think anyone, to me, it's, you know, when you see such a vast inconsistency, then there's obviously an issue there that needs to be resolved. And the best people to resolve it, I think, are the officials, not, not me or anyone else outside. I think that, that's a great point made by Ange there. But, you know, what he's saying, and, you know, he's talking about decisions that have been made not been made by the letter of the law. He's talking about decisions that have been made in terms of the inconsistencies. And there's a big difference because there's a lot of decisions that have been made that I'm sure will contradict the letter of the law. <laughs> you know, and the thing about handball is in a lot of instances, it's down to opinion. It's not like it was a yeah. ball over the line or is it, you know, was his big toe offside and you draw the lines with, with a... A lot of these handball things are down to opinion and that's why five days on we're still having different uh, opinions on whether the, the handball by, by Goldson was a penalty kick or not. But yes, on that point, I can get that, that, that Willie Collins called it right by not referring the, um, John Beaton to the screen, but also I totally get Ange Postecoglou's point in terms of the frustration of the inconsistencies of some of the decisions, particularly a couple of big decisions uh, that have gone against Celtic with handballs when they didn't look penalty kicks in a million years, but they were given against them. Peter, it's fundamentally the law is an ass in this case, isn't it, about the handball 
for for everybody in the game, the way if you can hit play the ball at the player if it comes off them and they're in an unnatural position, usually it's a penalty. Well, that, that's that was, not right. That, that was the point. Of what I'm saying, his hands are in an unnatural position because yeah. in front of his face, whether it's in front of his sure. face. But if you go down and do a slide tackle, as I say, you put your hand out, that's a natural position because you can't do a slide tackle any other way. Because it's Celtic Rangers, everybody, and Derek Wright, sick listening about it the last week, of course it gets annoying because it's a penalty kick, what we've seen prior. I'm saying now, what, what the letter of the law is going to come out and say, the next time it happens, Motherwell versus Ross County. And the centre-half does the exact same as Connor Golson does, and his hands are about half an inch higher... And he gives a penalty kick. They say, well, oh, but his hands were raised a little bit. That gives him the get out of jail. You know, that is the problem we have. I'm telling you, I've sat in front of them when they've had the meetings and done the complete opposite when they've refereed us. Mm -hmm. And they wonder why managers get frustrated. You know, I get more bookings as a coach than I do as a player, and that's saying a hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. they tell you one thing and do the complete opposite. And I, I mean that for everybody. Yep. I used to come off games and say, I feel for both teams. You know, because it was ridiculous refereeing. You know what I mean? And it's decision-making, because one week it's a the correct call, that's fine. But the next week it's a complete opposite. And that is the frustration, not just for players, managers, coaches, for supporters. And listen, I'm, if it was against Celtic, I'd be saying, no, oh, it wasn't a penalty kick because he's got his balance in his face. If I'm a Rangers supporter, I'm going to be saying, no. Oh. But we had the Rangers captain, ex-captain sitting here, saying he thinks it's a penalty kick. And we think we know the rules. That's the problem we have. We think we know the rules. So we're going into it, we managed, coach, we went to yep. all these meetings, but we don't because they change week in, week out, and we're only talking about yep. it because it's Celtic Rangers, as Derek's saying here, we're sick listening to it, he looks at Abfab, whatever, Ifab, no, sure. whatever, you yeah. know, but they don't even tell it. Abfab. <laughs> you make it more sense. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what I'm telling you, I've got half drunk. I'm going to come you back to you mean? later, Peter, because surely you would have called it. If it was the other way around, you're, you're always fair. You're a Celtic supporter and a Celtic legend, but... You would say that was a penalty if it, if it was would, against you would Celtic. Say, but sure, you would say it's a penalty kick, you know, yep. or it's not a penalty sure. kick for sure. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> listen, I can only agree with what yeah. the guys are saying. Sure. If, I, if I'm Michael Beale, I'm saying what Michael Beale's saying. If Ange Postecoglou, I'm saying what Ange Postecoglou's saying. Fact. Derek, how are you feeling about things anyway? Do you want to hear? Here's the manager, your manager, Michael Beale, speaking about his players after the draw on Monday. Yeah, it was uh, afterwards. The change room wasn't great, if I'm honest. Obviously, uh, we felt a lot of frustration because overall, outside the first 30 minutes, we're, we're playing a big rival and, and we didn't give up any chances until we conceded. Um, and even then in that goal, there's a lot of regret in the way that we conceded it. But in the main, it was a really positive performance. I think when the dust settles, I think we're... We're content enough with the performance, but knowing that we can do more over time, I think that's the big thing for us. It's every week trying to get better and stronger as we go. Derek, how are you feeling yourself? He says he expects a few new faces in the door this month. He's already spoken to potential recruits. Yeah, I'm feeling... I, I like Bill. Um, I was a strong advocate of Gio going much sooner. In fact, I think he should have went after the Amsterdam game just on the back of the... 4-0 drubbing at Parkhead so yeah I like Bill. I think he's clever but he's, he's got to be backed and it's got to be proper proper guys that he knows that he's bringing in uh, Ross Wilson's recruitment's been pretty shocking um, in the past few windows especially the likes of Matondo coming in it's not that's never ever going to work that signing so if Bill can get his own guys in I think he's clever enough um, I know Celtic are a good bit ahead at the moment but 
it can flip so quickly, just like the way it did flip last season. So I think I, I really believe in Bill. Um, he's a good coach, and I think he's got the players moving a lot quicker and may look like a goal threat again. Uh, let's hear about your transfer targets. Uh, he's not actually giving away the targets, obviously, but he's speaking about it. And of course, he's just been announced today as the manager of the month, Kyogo Player of the Month for December, and Michael Beale, the manager of the month. Spoken to two or three players. Our phone's not stopped, really. There's a lot of players interested in coming here. I've got to make sure they're the right one. I'm a little bit fussy. I want to sit in front of a player and I want to look in his eyes. It's all right doing something over Zoom. Uh, my schedule's been pretty packed out. Uh, up until that game uh, last Monday. This week's been spent meeting people face-to-face and getting a feel for them, telling them exactly what I want, not them the other way around in terms of what they're expecting, what I'm expecting from them and, and the role that I want them to play coming in. Because when we're recruiting, I'm recruiting players for real specific roles because I think that's what we need right now. I, I, I said... When I first come in the job, I didn't think it was as broken as people were making out. The only thing that can prove that is performances on the pitch. And I think three or four of the right additions uh, can, can pull everything together in the right direction. Derek, do you agree with your manager there? Things are not as broken as some people think? Uh, no, but there is still a lot of fixing to be done. I don't think yeah. it's uh, an 11 or 12 player clear out, but um, I think with three or four good additions, then... Um, we can start to get back on it. The next two windows are massive, especially the summer. Um, but yeah, the board have to step up. I know they have done in the past, but they really need to step up, and it needs to be his. Um, it needs to be his players, Rowan Ross Wilson's picks. That's a recurring theme, isn't it? About Rangers recruitment. <clears throat> yeah, but going with that, that uh, the, the thirty seconds the audio yeah. there from Michael Beal, um, he's saying, "I want to sit in front of players." You know, so he's that's yeah. telling me that, yeah. The scouting department, recruitment department, Ross Wilson can make recommendations, absolutely. But it sounds to me as though he's saying, I'll be deciding. As long as it's within the budget, I'll be deciding because I'll, I've got specific roles. I know just what to bring in. Jersey fellas, I want specific roles filled and I want to investigate players that can fill those roles and I'll sit with them. And I'm not just looking at their playing ability. I want to see what like that is people and whether they listen, whether they listen to me and whether they do the roles that they want, that I want to do. That I want them to do for me. So sounds to me like there could be a, a slight change in terms of Michael Beale um, being really hands-on in terms of who's coming in this window. And I, I don't know if Peter agrees, but I always think that's the way it should be. I think recruitment's great for gains. It can take a lot of the donkey work away sure. and, and you know you know shorten list down and give you a short list. You know get 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 rid of some of the some of the potential duds and stop wasting time. But when it comes to it, is it's a manager's job that's on the line. As we see with Giovanni van Bronckhurst, his job was on the line and they lost it. They've got to give Michael Beale the best possible chance. Surely it's down to the manager. Of course it is, but then what happens then is you've got to make sure when you're recruiting your manager, there's similar ideas. Because mm-hmm. what you don't want to do is Gianluca... Uh, sorry, I'm looking at Gianluca yeah. Vialli up there. Yeah. You're, uh, Gianni yeah. uh, Van Bronckhurst, yeah. when he made the decision, he brings in certain types of players. So when Michael Beale comes in, it should be certain type of players that that's the way Rangers are deciding to play. Look at the problems that Everton have had. They've had so many different managers. They went for David Moyes and the certain types. They love that fight and fire and they love doing that. They've brought in three guys or four guys who've tried to play Mm -hmm. and the the supporters don't like that. That's not what they're about. That was Liverpool that done that. Everton were more fighting. And that's what I'm saying about Rangers. Whoever there's recruiting next is the manager because you've got to do that, unfortunately. So when the players come in, there's not a big turnover of players as well as manager or that manager can't work with that type of player. And it should be the manager has the final say. 
and the respect of that. But you should all be sitting. If I'm sitting with you guys, I'm going to say, what do you yep. think of him? We'll have a good idea of who we're looking at. For sure, that doesn't change. But we have mm -hmm. to get better. Rangers have to get better. They know they have to improve. If the five guys come back for injury, that gives them four or five guys extra as well. You know, and then if they get four, another four guys in, who knows how strong we could be. Here's a wee bit more, Derek, before you park the car. Final <laughs> point. Uh, here's the. <laughs> let's check the recovery room because that's been a big part of it, isn't it? That was it was uh, yeah. like casualty, you yeah. know, for the early part of the season. Here's the latest, Derek. I think by the end of the month, I think very similar to Yanis. By the end of the month, we'll be, you know, Yanis has been training now contact, which is a big thing when you come off a of an injury like that. And obviously, John's just gone straight back in into contact because it's a different type of injury. So. Let's give them a good couple of weeks. We've got a busy schedule before that, but if we sort of earmarked around the St Johnston game at the end of the month, uh, we won't be too far out for both of those boys. And John Sutter? Really pleased. Obviously, we spoke about him last week. He's only, when he played that game earlier in the season, he was probably too honest when he played at Livingston, you know, because he was in pain going into the game and ultimately it's cost him a little bit of his Rangers career, but hopefully now he's... He's back. We took a little bit longer to try to get to the bottom of some of the issues that he's had, and we're hopeful that, that we have. But I think the proof will be in the coming months with John if he can stay fit, because if he is, I think he's a very good player. And he's, even today, his first session back in the group, he showed one or two things that were very pleasing. So, Derek, what's the final point for you? Because if I had gone to six points, I'd be asking you, we'd be saying, well, Sunday's game. Yeah, of course, every game's important. Do you expect to win at Tannadice? Yeah, I'd expect to win yeah. every week, Paul. To be sure. honest with you, um, we, we should be go we should be going up to Tannadice and beating them. They're second bottom in the league for a reason. So, um, I, I, and I think we will. I think we'll be far more positive. I think that was a problem under Van Bronckhurst as well, and that we were far too cautious, um, especially away from home. We saw that at Perth just before they got um, sacked as well. So, yeah, I, I think we'll be we should be winning. We need to get some of these guys back. We need to know if they're going to be ready for next season. If they're Rangers players, Tom Lawrence. Um, John Souter, Red Fan. We need to we need, we need to get a few months so that we can plan for next season um, and, and know what the squad's going to look like in the summer. And then the cup next week. It's massive, isn't it? Uh, yeah, again, we should be taking care of Aberdeen again at Hamden. Um, I think we saw in the past few weeks just how poor um, Aberdeen are in current form. They will always raise their game for Rangers. They always do, but um, we should be beating them as well and we should be looking forward to the, the League Cup final and um, hopefully a good Scottish Cup run towards the end of the month as well. Mark, Derek sounds pretty confident. I'm realistic. You can hear the way we, that clumsy question I put about Sunday, but it is different. At nine points, in it? Mm. From the media's point of view, we're trying to keep it going, hyping it, but... but it, I mean, it, Rangers... Look, if you're, if you're Michael Beale or you're a Rangers player or a Rangers supporter, you've got to believe that, that yeah, it's nine points and... I think we'd all agree it's 80-90% Celtic's title now I don't, but 100% it, 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 it can change very <laughs> unlikely but it, but, it, but it can change so therefore if I'm Michael Beale putting myself straight in the manager so I'm thinking yeah it's 9 points but I believe in my group of players so do you know what it's really only 3 because we'll win the next two old firm games right that's got to be Michael Beale if, if it's not his attitude they shouldn't be the manager of Rangers right so that's the way I'd be. so therefore he's like we just need one slip one slip for Celtic but they need to win every game so they need to go to Tannadice and they could go there 12 points behind come Sunday afternoon Celtic at home in command on Saturday so that's got to be Michael Beale's mindset and he's got to drill that into his players yes it's a long shot but we're not giving up we're keeping going and he's got to believe that by the end of this window 
his his squad, whether it's boys coming back for injuries or signing a couple and getting rid of a couple, that his squad's going to be 20 to 25% better. That's what he's got to believe. Um, and then you, you take it from there. Derek, thanks very much for calling. Enjoy the season. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Cheers, Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Weekend is now officially here. It happens at five every week. And listen, thank you for making the switch. Barry will be back. The Big Rangers event last night and tonight, ex-captains. I saw Arthur Newman in town today. Did you come up against Arthur Newman or no, did you just miss him? I yeah. got to know Arthur very well, actually, because doctor, had big course. friends and big Alec. So I got to know Arthur very well. I used to go over and see him in Holland and whatever and watch a few games over in Holland. But a fantastic man. Did a pile of work as well for many charities, yeah. including the hospice yeah. in Airdrie. Yeah, Andrew's terrific hospice. guy. Terrific Brilliant guy. guy. I just saw him strolling about after uh, the captain's event last night. So that's why uh, we don't have any of our ex-Rangers stars with us. And Craig Moore, I mean, we'll find him though, Peter, because he came back from Australia, <laughs> but he didn't make it yesterday. <laughs> he let us know at the last minute. He's going straight to a night. I'm sure they're enjoying it. They'll be back. Peter Grant is with us with Mark Guidi. There's lots of good stuff today from the managers. You know, we kicked off with the, the penalty thing. No, let's not go back on the penalty <laughs> no, just no, now. No. I liked what you what said. Happened? What happened? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I've not got it right yet. <laughs> no. We told you just VAR would be a disaster, and that's yeah. the way it's proven. But there's, we have to have it, because every other major country yeah. has it, so we can't go back the way. Right, what's the news for this weekend? There'll be more from Peter. I love that where Derek laughed when Mark <laughs> said a few moments ago, uh, the Rangers fan was on, Derek, thanks for that call, Derek. And Mark says, you know, it's 80 90% probably going to be Celtics. <laughs> and then I hear Peter Grant going... 100%. <laughs> and so did Derek. He heard you. Yeah. Ah, see, now I thought Peter was saying, You're right, you're 100%. Right, Mark, it's all later. Ah, right, okay, there you are. I picked you up wrongly. Celtic Kilmarnock tomorrow, there'll be 60,000 there, won't they? Because obviously there were only 700 Celtic fans in the other day. Uh, the way it is these days, I am beginning to think it should either be 7,000 or zero fans but that's maybe for another day mm. maybe there shouldn't anymore just with yeah. some of the you know, I, I would probably uh, give you some of the bottles and all that yeah, I mean it's people's um, but we'll maybe talk about that later or in a future programme let's hear from Ange Postacoglu what's the injury update ahead of the game tomorrow hear from him now yeah um, so yeah Greg, Greg's got a slight hamstring so we've got a scan um, it's not too serious but it will definitely miss probably um, a couple of weeks um so he's the only one sort of from the game. And then in terms of the ones returning, they're all closer, but not available for tomorrow. So um, so really it's just you know, Greg out and um, no one else sort of uh, in or out after that. And player of the month is Furuhashi, Kyogo. Yeah, he's been outstanding for us. Not just obviously the goals he scored, but his work rate and his, his energy the last, you know, since, since the resumption have been really important for us. And um, and he he's been outstanding. But I, as I, I think I said before the Rangers game that he's been outstanding from the moment he walked in our door. Here. I mean his goals ratio is ridiculous. He's he's uh, input in every game. The energy he gives us. Um, he's just he's just been a fantastic player for this football club already. And uh, I'm sure there's more to come. Peter, he's been fantastic for Scottish football, hasn't he? Kyogo since he came off the plane and went straight on at uh, Tynecastle. Absolutely. And listen, he misses his chances. But we kept saying that one thing about strikers and top strikers is they keep going in there to miss. And, you know, if they've had an opportunity, they go again. But it also adds that spark to them. You know, you can see when he goes to close down. And I think even in the European games, that's what you see was slightly different. We're making the opposition kick the ball up the pitch instead of an easy playing out, which we used to drop off and whatever. 
and he's been a big, big player, massive. You, the, the, the double, obviously, against Hibs in the cup final last year, you know, and he's just been constantly, even in his so-called poorer games, he's always been effectual, you know, whether that's for his teammates and the respect to the work ethic he's got, and players respond to that, you know, other guys respond to that, it's like Mieda, Mieda gets criticism or whatever, but his work ethic as well, he brings something to the team that others don't, and these things are special and sometimes the supporters we don't see that because they missed a chance or whatever but what they do bring is, is it sparks everybody else round about them. so when they're having not their greatest game they can still spark guys round about them that to have top games I mean you, you talk about Maida there and you think some of the criticism that he's had from, from uh, some of the Celtic fans but you look at the exceptional his goal against Hibs and then A his anticipation B his bravery and his balance and then his finish um, at Ibrooks, you know, he's had to ride a challenge, keep his cool. But I think you know he, he missed a couple of sitters in the in the Champions League, but he showed wonderful composure early in the game. But just reading that pass, I just constantly switched on Peter. Constantly. I switched thought his on. first half mark was oh, excellent. Really, I thought his first really. half was excellent. I thought he could set up a couple of other chances. I said at the time, I thought if a badder had played, the one he could put across yeah. the goal, a badder usually scores him. James is slightly different for a badder. But I think a bad had scored. But I thought Mayday in that period was really, really good. And Rangers were struggling to hold up to him, you know, because I thought he was a top player. And I think when Juranovic came on, he ended up more helping him because he'd such a poor game. And it's unlike Juranovic. And as I say, but I think he ended up helping him more with Sakala. And again, sorry, yeah. but Maeda, I don't know, roughly two million quid. Incredible business. No wonder Southampton. 25, 25 years old. Incredible yeah. business. Southampton sniffing, apparently. That's no surprise, is it? It's not. Look, I know that, that, that you know, um, the money's different, you know, so you can go and look, whatever you you know, 20 grand a week at Celtic, you can go and get 60 at Southampton. That's just the way it is. That's uh, part of it. But, you know, realistically, okay, I know money's important. I get that. But um, I think if I'm Maida or something, I would hold out for something better eventually. But I don't think these guys are in any rush to leave Celtic. I think they feel there's something special for the next couple of years. And then they can go down the road and if they want to financially fill their boots. But um, what, leaving Celtic just now to go to a club like Southampton? <laughs> no chance. Here's the latest transfer news. Listen hard. Uh, no, nothing. That's, it. That's the update. Oh, nah, nothing. That's the update. <laughs> Nada. Straight nah, to the point. Yeah, that was really done last week. Three That's it, yeah. Um, what about Greg Taylor then? That's the only injury, isn't it? He'll be out for a couple of weeks. That's a blow because I think he plays it. He's come on, he's done exceptionally well. You know, um, the last. I, I've always liked Greg as a kid. Yeah. I think he's got a fantastic attitude. I think he was unfairly criticised at the start, you know, I must admit, because the role he was asked to do was completely different, you know, step in. And to be fair, it was either sink or swim really and he's actually swam very very well you know and he's been tremendous and you could see it was a blow him going off last week it'll be interesting to see what he do because of Juranovic because I thought Johnson done well last week does he move Juranovic to right back and bring Bernard Abbey in I'm not sure he will I think he'll keep Johnson and I think he'll move Juranovic back out and bring Juran um, sure. Bernard Abbey yeah. come in yeah Bernabe from Argentina. Let's hear from Ange speaking about Juranovic. He's fine. I mean, look, I, he wasn't 100%, but at the same time, all our players know you cross that white line, you're 100%. Uh, you know, there's no... Josip didn't have the best game last week. He wasn't the only one, uh, you know, particularly through the middle part of the game. We weren't at our best, but he's been an outstanding contributor for us for 18 months. He's been an unbelievable acquisition and, and done an unbelievable job culminating in an unbelievable World Cup for himself and... Uh, He's a highly valued member of this team and uh, he works hard every day, trains hard every day. I've got no issues with, with Yossip. Um, you know, last week, um, as I said, circumstances meant that you know, um, 
it wasn't his best performance for us, but in terms of his contribution to us, um, I've got no issues. He's, uh, he's still uh, very important. So nothing concrete yet, but Espanyol, very interested. Yeah, but the thing for me is, I say the problem, it's not Juranovic, because I think he's a top, yeah. top player, and I think he's been exceptional for Celtic, and he's right, a, a fantastic World Cup. But it's just having that natural left footer. You've got two right footers on that side, and that's a problem. I always think not having the natural balance anyway is a problem, but if you've got two natural, the way Celtic tried to play, I think it's a problem. And you're coming up against a tough one tomorrow with Kilmarnock. You know, it's a tough game, and you have to break the lines quickly, you know, where you're passing. And what you don't want is two right-footers passing square to each other. And I, I feel that happens a lot when you're playing right-footers in their positions, especially defensively. And that's things that Derek maybe looked to expose if that's what happens there, we're having two right-footers at that side of the pitch, you know. And that, that's what managers have got to do. As we spoke about the Hibs game, even though Celtic won exceptionally well, Hibs had a good five minutes. The first started, didn't they? And they hit Hatati's area. And they get three good opportunities from that area because he's not a natural defender playing right back. But then he can win a game. He's brilliant in the game and Celtic cruised the game. But that's the problems that can arise for you if you're doing that and trying to balance the team with the loss of likes of Greg Taylor. Yeah. I think we'll find out soon, won't we, about Juranovic. Mark, what's your journalistic instinct? Well, I mean, first of all, in terms of team selection, I would absolutely have Alistair Johnson at mm -hmm. right back tomorrow. Very impressed with him on Monday. So I would stick with that. And I think what, what we don't see is what it's been like in training the past couple of days and what he's, Juranovic has been light about the build. Now, is he the kind of guy that, there's definitely things going on, so this isn't speculation, there's things going on and I think it'll be so before the end of the month, there's interest in him. So what, is he the kind of guy that, that can he switch off it? Has it turned his head a wee bit? Or has he been good? Is he just one of those boys who can get his head down, let his agent crack on, not affect him? Um, so if that's the case, I'm sure that he'll play at left back. If not, if there's the slightest doubt in terms of his head's been turned a wee bit, then put in Bernabeu. But all things being equal, I think Juranovic gets a nod ahead of Bernabeu for tomorrow. Timoke Iwata, the most recent signing, he's in the air, he's on his way from Japan and the manager's been speaking about him, he'll be unveiled tomorrow. He won't be playing, but he'll be there. A little bit of everything, you just said. Um, so he can play multiple positions, uh, which I think will help us. Uh, you know, we've tried to sign you know, a few, two or three players recently who can do that for us because I think it's important from a squad perspective and we're always going to be a club that's going to have a heavy fixture schedule, so having guys who can play, um, you know, in more than one area, I think, helps you um, in, in terms of maintaining performance. And obviously, knowing Tomoki well, I think <clears throat> for us, he could play, you know, two or three roles equally comfortable. Where he settles, we'll see. Um, you know, um, that could depend on team balance. Could be depend on his development, where he's most comfortable in our system. Um, what I do know about him is that he's a real you know, intelligent guy and he, he'll he'll take it all in and uh, he'll push himself to to get up to speed as quickly as possible. He'll be keen to make an impact as as, as soon as he can, but you know, we I think he arrives tonight, so hopefully he'll be at the game tomorrow and, and sort of get a taste of it and um, then we'll start working with him and, and you know, see how we go. Peter, it will be important for Celtic some players to go in January as well as those coming in. Because if you get too big a squad, the wage bill, but also the atmosphere, you can't, I, I can't keep you happy if you're never playing. Absolutely not. Especially the squad, he's managed that really, really well. Yeah. And I said that when they were talking about bringing extra strikers in. I think you've got to be careful of that, especially nowadays if you talk about you play one striker predominantly, mm -hmm. not two. So you're looking for one coming off and one going on and then you've got another one sitting. And, and it can be a nightmare when you've got that amount of players, you know. So I'm sure Juranovic looks as if he will be going out the door. But I think he's been excellent. I think he's not let it affect him. I think his performance have shown that. I think the World Cup, he was excellent. Last week was just one of the days. You know, probably didn't expect to be even get on in the game, but it happened very quickly to Greg. Yeah. Playing on the opposite side as well. So 
I've no problems with that. It wasn't as if he threw a dummy out of the pram. And I thought he's handled it exceptionally well. He's not spoke about anything going away, leaving, even his agents or whatever. The only thing that concerns me when you're talking about a Spaniel, okay, fine. But you're talking about a Spaniel or Celtic. So what do you think you're going for? Is it finance? <laughs> it's only finance. I know it's a nice place to live. but Barcelona is not the worst uh, place, absolutely. is it? In the well, weather. Listen, come on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's no comparison. You know, when you're talking about football clubs. So that that's the only concern for me. You know, if I'm him, I'm wanting to play with one of the big ones, you know, if it's a Celtic or then go to the Premiership where it's, people are watching me week in, week out, the big crowds and whatever. A Spaniel, okay. Just as well he wasn't on when Ryan Christie went to... Bournemouth? Yeah. <laughs> I went there myself, yeah. remember. Oh, oh, you oh, did. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure. yeah, I was assistant player manager yeah. for three One years. Goal. Uh, <laughs> After the break, we're going to <laughs> Elgin City. He went, City. went for the dodge. Because <laughs> <laughs> Davy Proven said it, and of course, Charlie wasn't happy, his dad. But it's about opinion. I know, but I do you know what? See, yeah. see, like, something, if it does, see, yeah. Juranovic does end up going to Espanol. What I would say yeah. about that is, of course, he'll be getting weighed in. So the money's there, and I don't have a problem with that with players. Celtic will get weighed in as well. Now, I'm sure Juranovic would rather go and play for Real Madrid or Barca or Atleti yeah. Madrid or whatever, one of the top four. But if the opportunity's not there, he said, Mill, I'll use Espanyol's my next stepping stone. A, yeah. I'm getting to La Liga, one of the best in the world. And B, see, within 18 months to two years, I want to be at the Bernabeu or switch across the road to the, to the new... That's got to be his... Yeah, he's getting weighed in, but what a wonderful opportunity for him as well. Or a top club in England, which is where the biggest money is, isn't it? Aye, so yeah. I mean... You know, like I said earlier about it's Southampton leaving. I, I know mm. it's not uh, Peter, but I know it's forty bags about. Ninety percent of players more. that leave Celtic or Rangers that are sold that leave, ninety percent of them don't go to bigger clubs, but they go to bigger leagues. That that's as we know, that's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. But ninety of them don't go to, but ninety percent of them well, only, only the truly. But I look at La Liga, and I'm thinking. It's Celtic, La Liga. Who who are you playing? Barcelona, Real mm-hmm. Madrid, Atletico Madrid one or yeah. two others you're thinking it's not as in you know f- people talk about France and Paris and Germain mm. and whatever but but not, if you're going to England yeah. you're getting beamed right around the world sure. the biggest problem I've got with that is some of them are going to teams that will never be seen you're playing the Champions League yeah. he played in the World Cup his World Cup performances tell you he can play so I don't need to go to Espanyol to point. sell myself he played Real Madrid but he played the yeah. two best players mm. it's playing um, what do you call them uh, Neymar mm-hmm. of course so yes, so Neymar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. played against the two of them yeah. for Brazil and it was junior. brilliant yeah. and was, yeah. it was brilliant so I don't need to I know he can play at that level because he's proven in, even in that particular game the next game I was more disappointed in him but in that particular game I don't even need to see him again so what would you say to him Peter? We're I would say listen I've, yeah. I've seen you playing against two of the best mm-hmm. players who was going to give you the, a real tough time sure. and you handled the two of them not just defensively but attacking you don't need to prove nothing, son. If you're going to leave Celtic, make sure it's to somebody that you're already going into the Champions League next year again, whether it's down in England. So that's one of the top in England or... Yeah, or abroad Barca somewhere. Or, yeah, yeah, abroad somewhere that you're going to be playing one of the top teams in Spain. There's loads more. Straight after the break, we're going to have the manager of the month, Michael Beale. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice. 
insights from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Hour two with Peter Grant and Mark Guidi here on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. A lively first hour, both managers, Ange Postacoglu and Michael Beale, speaking about the penalty that wasn't given. It was some save, you have to say, uh, from Conor <laughs> Goldson. The ball came up and it did. But look, it'll rumble. I thought that what you said in the first hour, Mark's a great point that Crawford Allen should come out and explain why it wasn't a penalty he should defend the yeah. officials yeah. I think you're absolutely right yeah, if, yeah. If, if, it's, if it's the right decision um, and according to Michael Beale's presser today by the rule book I think one of the callers um, Derek yeah. earlier said uh, uh, Dermot Gallagher called it in the sky as well he did yeah then come out and defend why five days on are you still for example the Celtic man who's quite right to come out and defend his club and say it's a penalty of yeah, course he is sure. but Celtic fans are still up in arms about it well, why do you not come out and defend your employee? Because they've made the right decision. They're living in the dark ages. So they're saying. So they're yeah. saying they've made the right decision. So yeah. therefore, come out. You know, come out and That'll actually defend them and put it to bed. But they let it rumble, and I don't get it, Paul. Yep. You know, I don't sure. listen. I'll, I'll try and defend referees, uh, the SFA, and different things. But you know, sometimes they do not do themselves any favours. Before the news, we heard uh, Ange Postecoglou speak about Furuhashi, the Player of the Year the player of the month for December um, manager of the month Michael Beale. he had four games in December since he came in and four wins at that point yeah look a great start I wasn't I wasn't expecting it because I wasn't even thinking about it I've not really had time to think about it it's nice it's nice it's, uh, it's not the award that I want us to have I want us to have a lot more but listen it's a sign that you know the credit goes to the players because I've come in and changed a lot in terms of the way that we play the way that we train, the intensity and, and, and the ideas. The players have had to take on a lot. I've chopped and changed the team as well to give everyone an opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, they deserve the credit because they go and play. It wasn't me that scored in the 96 minute at Aberdeen, was it? It was Scotty Arfield. So if that don't go in, I'm not getting that award maybe. So look, fair play to the players. It's a, it's a nice one, but it's not saying I want to sit and dwell on too much. So what about transfers? What about any clues? We're now in January the 6th and there's no major news. One thing we do know after this piece is uh, he doesn't fancy loan deals in January. No loans this month. Like if, if I'll have to explain to you if we were to take a loan, but the plan, my plan is no loans this month. We don't need anyone to come in this club for six months as a short term. We don't want that. We want more certainty. I think there's been a bit, uncer bit of uncertainty about too many players. I want to take uncertainty away. Uncertainty away in terms of the way that we're going to play, the clarity and the standards, but also then people's situations. In the next three or four weeks, I'm hoping we get to the end of the majority of that. Anyone coming in now will be with a view to them being an important player for Rangers for the next two or three seasons. I think that's really important. Peter Grant, your reaction? No, I agree with that. I, I think uh, loans only a necessity. You know, when you do that, I, I always think you're going to a, a Rangers or a Celtic. You've got to go there with a, a vision that you're going to be part of that. You know, they talk about Matondo, was it? They said he didn't do too particularly well last year. Yeah, Diallo last Diallo, year, and of sorry. course Aaron Ramsey was the biggest. You wasn't know, it? and you have yeah. all these problems. You know, and it's, and it gets through back at them. Oh, he's no other player. And I just think you've got to show that commitment. But they're not easy to get. I'll be interested to see who he is talking to and the ones he can afford, what the quality that he's looking at, what the age bracket is, as we spoke about before. If you're coming down from England, 
you know, you're out that 25, it's not in their first 11, yeah, or first 25, I should say, because it's not down to 11 now, or 16, or 18, it's 25 players. So you're really getting number 26, 27, 28, you're getting a choice from. I know he's got the five boys, if you say four boys coming back from injury. Uh, they'll be a big plus for him. But that'll be interesting to see the ones he's going to try and buy because and how much they're willing to pay. Because that'll tell you what after serious about this season as well as obviously the season's coming. You would say though it worked for Celtic in the shape of Carter Vickers couldn't get in the 25 at Tottenham. Yep. Uh, Joe Hart as well. Um, Jota. And Jota, exactly. So it could it could happen. But I think the Aaron Ramsey factor maybe mm. is part of it. And Diallo. Yeah, I think what you're saying, I think, you know, I, I think essentially, you know, you want to get players that you think you've got for, you know, at least a couple of years. Um, now sometimes if you can only get a player in a loan deal, then fine, like you've just mentioned there, Paul, it's fine. Thielman's on loan from Bayern mm. Munich, but that looks, that looks uh, the part uh, for me. What you want is, I think what you're saying, we're not going to sign players here for Razzmatazz, for box office, like you're saying, Ramsey this time last year. But did they work out? In the slightest, did not work out. So therefore, um, he's wanting players he's like, I've got them these guys for next I want them to work I want them to integrate I want them to be a part of I don't want to have to chop and change every window you know 4-5 in 4-5 out so he's going to try and over the next two windows try and get a real settled squad so that come the first weekend in August August 5th August 6th when the new campaign kicks off because ultimately that's what it's all about for him it's about being the champion in 18 months time if he's not who knows where he's going to be with his job, such as the pressure now. Everybody demands success right away. So he's got to assemble a right good squad, bring in guys that he wants and get rid of the ones that he doesn't, try and get as much back in the board they can, raise money for players that he thinks that he can sell that he doesn't particularly want to keep and then really kick on because they've got a massive job to overtake Celtic. But ultimately that's what he's got to do. In May 2024, he has got to be a league champion. Otherwise, you don't know what the future would hold for him. One of the most talented players in the Rangers squad, everyone would agree, but he's contributed contributed the least in the last year or two, is Morellas. Everyone talks about him. What's the manager saying today about the Colombian striker? I don't read it all. I just sense it. And all I can do is go off his energy here in the building. Like His situation is not ideal as well if people want to go for him about his form and stuff. But I, I see a different boy inside. I think he's working to what he's working with. I'm probably the only person other than him who knows you know, what he's going through physically at the minute to get himself fit and, and to stay fit because he's played with one or two knocks. So I'm OK. Um, Alfredo's a big boy. He's been, he's been taking this for three or four years now. I actually think it's quite tame compared to how it was when I first came to Scotland. Peter, what do you feel about the manager's comments? Is there any insight for you there? Listen, you shouldn't have been the football club. I've said it, he's too many chances. Mm. And big players don't do that. You get one chance, you think, oh, that was a mistake. You can't go three, four, five. And he's done it too often. So for me, Michael Beale can say what he wants. You know, the proof's in the pudding. That's the Rangers supporters. They used to go for it and accept it and think different things about it. I think if you asked 90% of them now, would be saying, get rid of him. If we possibly can get anything for him, let's take it. Mark? Well, I think, again, just going back to the point a couple of minutes ago, if you want to be a league champion in 18 months' time, that's not me writing off, um, you know, the next four months for me, but let's say it's Highland like they're going to win the league. But 18 months' time, um, I think they need better than Alfredo Morelos in terms of what he's given to the club over the past year and in terms of the, the, the levels of, of professionalism. Like I say, he's had countless chances by different managers, Steven Gerrard, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, and he was a, a repeat offender 
And therefore, if you're Michael Beale and he looks at it, like he says, he, he looks deep. He just, he just he goes beyond and goes underneath what a player can do on the pitch. He looks at more than that. And he'll know that if I keep Alfredo Morelos, I, first of all, his mind's about, I've got to get better than him in the build. Might take me to June, July, but I've got to get better than him in the building. Um, Morelos is going to let me down at some point. Now, is that going to really set the dressing roof off again and cause it unrest? I don't really want to have that in my squad I don't want to have somebody that I know potentially I could come in the Monday morning and all hell's going to break loose so he would want to eliminate as best he can any kind of problems moving forward and that's why I think um, if they can get money for Morelos this month take it take it it's a shame isn't it for a well, player he's a, he's, 50 he's goals a brilliant, in two he's seasons he's a brilliant finisher yeah, but we know that. About that. Yeah, he's a right sure. good striker but there's that bit of baggage um, um, with him there's some great footage there I see on Sky. Um, Jose Mourinho speaking to the Roma players, telling them about the, the death today of uh, Gianluca Viali and saying many of you are friends of him and the family. But he'd be telling you now, go out, train hard and enjoy the game. Uh, tributes from, from all over football. Dying at 58, just up there. A wonderful player. And Peter, I'm just thinking that we saw him there with Mancino. There you are with Mancini. That's not long after you played against those two, no, is it? At Sampdoria. Just yeah. very young at that particular time. As I say, Mancini had just signed for £2 million. And they were wonderful players then. And they just seemed to be friends forevermore, you know. Mm. And I came across him a few times, obviously, in England when I was down there. And obviously, winning the Euros with England, you could see the tears in his eyes when they won, they won they beat England in penalty kicks. You could see the tears in his eyes and how much it meant to him. And you don't know if down in his soul he was feeling he knew that because he, he was in remission, I think, at that particular time. You know, but just when you, you heard a few weeks ago that his mum, who's an older lady, mm. obviously, had to go and see him, he just thought things don't look good. And what a shame because everybody talks about him so highly. And it's not, let's forget the football player, yeah. the, human being, the human being. And I think that's what everybody's talking about. And I think that's what everybody's speaking about at this moment in time. And Mark, I'll be getting the Sunday Post Sunday morning because I know, I would imagine in Kenny Dalglish's column, He'll be talking about his uh, great friend uh, Frank McGarvey, who died last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, it will be a lovely tribute from uh, from Kenny to to Frank McGarvey, their teammates at Liverpool, and I think their their families are very uh, friendly. I think Kenny had a, a lot of time um, for for Frank McGarvey, so yeah, that will be there. And just in the background, there is also a one which speaking about Graham Souness earlier, but a lovely tribute um, on social media from mm -hmm. uh, Antonio Conte. You can tell, you know, just genuine words. It, it's it's been written themselves. Some of these social media platforms, you know, it's, it's just all sound bites and a lot of absolute yeah. rubbish. But with, in times like that, uh, they can be a good platform. And uh, Conti's tribute to to Viali, Viali is is right from the heart. Really, really nice. Yeah. Be kind to everyone. Enjoy it. They can, you know, mm. some of them were competitors, others were colleagues. But there's a great respect across the game, um, and I hope people realise that. Well, that's what you say. Yeah. They're football players, but they're human beings. Yeah. Lost Frank last week. Yep. You'd Pelly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how old they are, you know. It's just a crying shame. And we know it goes through in everybody's life. And as we said, and I said during the week there, someone made the quote and it was very nice. He said, It's not the hurt. You don't feel hurt when you die. It's the people you leave behind yep. that feel the hurt. And I think that's what everybody's feeling today. When you talk about football stars and how you know them throughout the world, that's us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're growing up, we want to be Viali scoring in the European final and that. And he's the same age as me. So, but you're watching them playing and you're looking at them as wonderful, wonderful players playing with top players as well, you know. But as I say, the thing that comes back about Gianluca is the way everybody speaks about him. Yeah. So warm. So warm. So warm, you know, it's fantastic.
back here looking forward to the games at the weekend January the 6th transfer window we heard earlier on Michael Beale saying yep he's uh, expects a new a few new faces in the door he's already spoken to potential recruits here's a bit more on the potential transfers we've obviously got this game this week and then we've got a free week into the semi-final with, with Aberdeen uh, two really big games for us but in that time there's no midweek game so it does give me more time to to do things I think then the negotiation part takes place, doesn't it? So I'm not so much involved in that. Uh, that that's with the agents and the football clubs that are involved. But I would say that the two or three that I've spoken to are very keen to come and sooner rather than later, same on our side. So let's see. Uh, there won't be anyone in, obviously, before this weekend. The Rangers fans could do with that lift, Mark, because, yet they played well against Celtic, came close to winning, but they mm. didn't. All right, let's pull the... the, the I mean... They've still got so much to play for. There's two cups up for grabs of the Scottish Cup holders. Um, you know, they want to continue to make a fist of it. It's important that they win at least um, one of the remaining games against Celtic. You've got to go and show that you can go and beat uh, the champions and do that. There's a League Cup semi final a couple of weeks away um, against uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Yeah. So, aye, there's so much to play for. And um, like I've said, I've mentioned it many times in this show, you look at Celtic's recruitment last January. It was. Uh, it defined the season. Rangers recruited poorly. Celtic recruited recruited brilliantly, and uh, it spurred them on to go and win the title. Um, and then it's helped them settle very, very quickly and, and kick on into um, this season. That's what Michael Beale's got to try uh, and go and get. So he's identified his targets. He's had conversations with two or three. He seems very positive about them. But now, ultimately, uh, which is the hardest part, it's about going to get the deal over the line. And it's not always easy to get that done. The current squad. What's his assessment of the, those players? Well, I think since Ben and, and Connor have been back together, we've looked a lot stronger. Bourne has come back in and performed well. In, in the last month, I've seen a young boy in Adam Devine showcase himself as well. John Suter back in training today is really positive. Leon King's doing well. So all of a sudden, that looks a lot more positive. We've rotated the midfielders a lot because we've needed to. You know, John's been playing and training with injections. I had to, I've had to ease off and on, on him. He gets a whack in the second half and... We're still in pain for quite a while after the game. Glenn, as I've mentioned, has had ease issues and Jack O'Hee. So in terms of the squad, everybody seems in a more healthy place. Antonio and Kamar have had another week. All of a sudden, you go out to training today and you've got three number nines. It looks a lot more stronger than what it did a few weeks ago. Alfredo, to his credit, because I know there's a lot written and said about him, he's managed to play the last two or three games when maybe another player wouldn't. So what I can see is that everyone's committed and all in. As we get people back, the form will come. They need a bit of kick in terms of belief, which is what I said to them at half-time in the game. And I thought they performed well in a, in a game probably where they surprised one or two people who were sharpening their pencils to write something else. Peter, numbers help, don't they? There's some good players there that they've been missing. Yeah, we've said that all season, Paul. There's no getting away from that. When you've got players are missing who you would think would be in Rangers as starting a living. You know, that's what I've said all season. But there's, I've said that the Celtic bench so much stronger the squad is so much stronger but when Rangers get these boys back it brings it back closer you know but not too close because Celtic are still better all round at this moment in time so that's why I'm interested to see what he's going to do in this window which is notoriously tough yeah. to buy anybody usually it's only loans you do get if you're lucky but it's notoriously difficult to buy someone unless you're going to pay over the odds and that'll be interesting, you know, to see what the, what the, the quality and where he brings in. The way he's talking there, it looks as if it's midfield. You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, it looks and like they need midfield. somebody. But that's what it looks like, you know, the way he's talking because the way he spoke about the boys there. Um, 
Kolak, I think, has been unfortunate because I think he's had to play in the background and Morelos has carried on, really, and he scored eight goals in a team that was playing poorly. You know what I mean? And I thought he worked extremely hard, led the line really well. So it'd be interesting if you'd like to see him and Roof available and if they can keep fit, you know, then they become a much stronger... There's absolutely no doubt they become a much stronger squad, but still not strong enough, as I say, for Celtic. And that's not going away from it. Mark spoke about Celtic's recruitment last year. But us sitting here, if we'd have been hearing their names, we wouldn't have been sure. You know, we wouldn't have knew. Because we didn't know them. Exactly. And it shows you what you've got to pay a million pound, two million pound, because that's the only guys you're going to get. If Where's Michael going to be short? That's what's going to interest me. Is he going to be short in England? Because it's a hell of a lot more expensive. Not just what you've got to pay out, but the wages as well. Because the boys are getting paid a hell of a lot more money down there than there will be, no disrespect, in Japan or wherever they came from. Mark? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, no doubt, you know, he's got good contacts. He's worked in a number of different countries. Um, not only that, the lure of coming to play for Rangers is massive. You know, you go to play in front of 50,000 every other week, you get a chance at Champions League football, go and win a, a bit of silverware. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a massive draw if a club like Rangers are coming, uh, Colin. But it's difficult to get deals over the line. But like I say, it's not impossible, uh, Paul. Sometimes I just think... Um, certain people within football clubs in the past um, I'm not just talking about Rangers here across the board I think they've got a ready-made convenient excuse that seems to be out there in the game oh January's really there. yeah look it is difficult but it's not impossible you just go and get your work done and get some good players into the building I think the problem is it doesn't matter where you go to I mean it talks about boys at Fulham that's been out of the picture who he's probably worked before with you know that I can see that you know because they'd be quite learned to let people go so they've still got experience of playing in England you know, but it's interesting the quality they've got. I mean, you talk about John Fleck, as we mentioned yeah. before. I, I really like John, you know, and believe it or not, he's playing with Lundstrom, he's played with him before at Sheffield United. Ah, could be you a know? move. Yeah. So, so John, John being linked? No, he Rangers was linked. He, he was being linked. Okay, right. Whether yeah. he want to come back to Scotland, mm-hmm. I don't know, but he was yeah. getting linked with uh, Rangers as well. So you can see things like that happen. You know, and John would, I'm sure, would love Rangers Football Club. I know he's Uncle Robert really well. Of course. Yeah. You know, played against them many and times. He's a great boy. He's a great yeah. boy. I played with him at Norwich as well. I was of a teammate course. together. Yeah. He's a fantastic boy. And as I say, so the Rangers, and you need that at times. You know, you can never get away from that. So there's there's guys out there you can get. But as I say, financially, is the interesting one for me. Because especially if you're going to buy them, because you're not going to loan. You can say, well, I'll pay half the wages and yeah. you can look after the other half when you're buying them. It shoots, take lock, stock and barrel. Quick break and then we're back. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Paul Cooney, Mark Guidi and Peter Grant. Mark's back on Monday with Barry Ferguson here in the studio. Peter, you'll be back next week as well. I think we're really looking forward to the weekend now, though, aren't we? The game's coming up. Shall we look at some of them? But before that, I want to ask you, as the former goalkeeper in the building, um, I was the primary school goalkeeper. Can you believe it? The smallest it, keeper in Britain. There's no need for that. Don't bandy words with me. You're flashing your medals and caps. I know. Why did I say that? Mark, <laughs> Angus Gunn. I, I did. I know. Walked straight into the custard pie. Uh, Angus Gunn, 26-year-old Norwich yeah. keeper. He's played the last few games. Uh, Brian Gunn, his dad, formerly yeah. Aberdeen and Norwich. What do you think? Could he... So he's England under 21, but he could play for Scotland. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's uh, obviously, as you said, his dad, Brian, I think he was born um, down south. He was at Man City uh, as a kid, then moved to Southampton, then to, to Norwich. I think, I think he went for about five or six million quid uh, at one point. Um, I've watched him. Watched him a number of times, Paul, at Southampton think? and at Norwich. Listen, I think he's decent. I think he's decent, but if I'm being perfectly honest, 
we need to try and find better sure. and, and better might not sure. be out there but at the moment um, I said it on Tuesday I think Steve Clark now by the way the call might have already got in and that's why he's having to look at other options but I would go to David Marshall and say can you do as a turn can you come back for the March and June uh, fixtures if David says no that he respect his decision therefore there's an opportunity perhaps I think that Xander Clark would be in the driving seat look at yeah. he says against Tibbs playing at a big club big crowds now Angus Gunn has got good experience down the road um, but I wouldn't say absolutely ahead no. of anybody else. I, sure. I think it, if David Marshall can't come back, then I think it's it's wide open. But it, there's no doubt, Paul. It's a headache. It's a major headache. The goalkeeping situation is a major headache for the March and June fixtures. Supply chain, it's just not there, and it's not just one keeper. You know, you'd need maybe Liam Kelly as well as Andrew Clark, maybe David Marshall. What do you think? You know Norwich so well. Well, well I know Angus very well actually because he's friends of the boys. We went to see yeah. him. Uh, Norwich played Hibs at the start of the season, so we waited for him after the game. I had a blur with him after the game, and Big Brian yeah. and that was there. So Brian was a teammate of mine there. Angus was in the academy um, at Norwich at a particular time then went to Manchester City and then Brian moved back up to Manchester because his wife's originally from Bolton so he'd done exceptionally well there then got his move he went to Norwich first done exceptionally well there and then Southampton bought him for about 6 or 7 million mm -hmm. then he went back to I'm not sure he got back to Norwich and then never played Tim Krull was in and out and yep. then I don't recently. know if it was Tim had an injury mm -hmm. at that particular time then he stayed in the side for a period of time and Angus was on the bench. And now Angus has got in there um, when Smith left, Dean Smith left. Angus was actually playing the last few games. I think he'd be an asset because I think, I'm not saying number one, I'd be disrespectful. I think you've got to fight for that every time you go any, anywhere. He's done well in the Norwich games, even though they've not been playing particularly well. And they've, as I said, they've not been doing, but he's had a lot of good saves in them because the team's not played particularly well and he's had yep. a lot of work to do. He's a fantastic kid. He's, he's got all the attributes. He's ma, ma six, six foot four, mm -hmm. six foot five, you know. And we tried to get him before when I was there with Alec. We tried to get him to come to the national team and Big Gunny was saying, well, he came through all the system in England. Mm -hmm. He'd done all that, you know. He was born in England, speaks English, all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, but I assume Unlike we, us. Uh, exactly, <laughs> you know. They did not like us, exactly. Glass, the glass, glass region, region yeah. Uh, exactly. So he speaks English and all that. I think, oh my hell, I thought he was Scottish because you're speaking like your dad. You're supposed to speak Translation like your dad. available. <laughs> exactly. So he was um, a terrific yeah. kid. And I think he definitely would be an asset to us. Whether he's a number one, that's up to him to make that choice, yeah. you know, in the respect of his performances. Um, but as I say, we tried to get him at that particular time. He was at Manchester City, he was involved with England and all that. Yep. And I, I hope he does decide to come to Scotland because I'd be interested to see him playing because he is playing at a high level, playing with Norwich now, even in the Championship. Mm -hmm. oh, just, I'm going to digress, it's just when Peter's talking about fa fa fathers and, yep. fathers and sons. We were playing six sides today and James McFadden, Faddy's playing and he brought his boy along, young James, mm -hmm. who's 16. A player. Oh. Yeah. I think he's in Patrick Thistle's books. I was going to say who's got him. Oh, yeah. I tell no, you what. Oh, I'll nice. tell you what. Yeah. He's. Ah, listen. Hey, you're not supposed to say that. Oh, right? He's hey, not hey, supposed hey, to be playing sixes hey, away from his training. Right. He, <laughs> he, he was watching. He was watching. But no, yeah. listen. Oh, he, was, ah, he was brilliant. The biggest story there is that Mark Weedy's still playing fives, <laughs> isn't it? Sixes. Oh, oh, sixes, sixes sorry. Yeah. Abby, you count as two. So he's done me and he's done you. Can't wait till Barry Ferguson's back on Monday. Actually, I just saw on Sky there, there's going to be, I think, a documentary on transfer window. And I saw Jim on it. Jim White will be there. Of course, it was the 
transfer day Absolutely. deadline king. Yellow tie. Uh, we did a night with Sir Alec Ferguson just after Fergie left Man United. And he said that Jim White, fantastic on transfer deadline day and many others. So I just oh. saw that. That's one to watch, isn't it? Because oh, deadline brilliant. day oh, is them. sensational. So I love what we're on oh. now. Go Radio Football Show. He's, he's contacts and yep. how the footage guy had ended up doing it really well for the last three or four years. Yeah. And he would get applauded into the building. <laughs> Try 10. That's <laughs> it right. Like, it was the, the gangway, you know, the Guard of Honour applauding them into the building for the start Has of the not been in our sports? Places ties been put oh, in England. Has, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. in England, one of mm-hmm. the big arenas that's been put in because <laughs> it was so famous. They always used to wear the yellow oh, tie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he thoroughly deserved it. Jimmy, he certainly oh, did. Great. Yep. Great. So James, I just saw it there so uh, on Sky. Well, me, you never know. <laughs> I, you know. I, I, oh, oh, I'm not giving anything away <laughs> there. So, <laughs> my brother David got the British Empire medal in the King's First Honours list. Really? And, uh, yeah. So I was absolutely for his services to athletics. Campbell's lying. Harriers. Oh, so good, good on David. Yeah, my brother. Yeah, David. So, so well done, David. Yeah, he encouraged people over the years. Wasn't a fashionable yeah, club. David. Yeah, well done, David. Brilliant. Yeah, he tunes in to the program. So, yeah, don't know why. He yeah. Must be bored. Is, <laughs> it, is he taking you down? His plus one. <laughs> I, uh, oh, I doubt it. No, his wife Anne will be there and some of the kids and all that. So, yeah, but like, well done. Great to Great. David. Yeah. Fantastic. British Empire medal. So first in the family to get it. So it's brilliant. First and last. Exactly. <laughs> James, can Peter is the taxi there for Peter Grant? <laughs> I'm with Derek, the Rangers fan earlier. But you, I'm walking but anyway, straight getting into back, him. Getting back to the yes. point, Angus Gunn, no yep. doubt. Okay, get him on board if, if, if we can, because you know he might end up England might sure. come back exactly. in from again. So do you know what? Get get him on board, sure. get him into the setup. But what I'm saying, I think I think right now that position's wide open. Okay. Shall we look at the games tomorrow? Let's start then and let's go back to the managers of the big two. Ange Postacoglu first up tomorrow, three o'clock, Celtic against Kilmarnock. I think it'll be, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we played well that day, but also I think, you know, Derek's kind of solidified them since then and, and you know, they, they've become a lot more sort of, you know, structured and, and, and obviously when you come up as a team, it's it's obviously hard in the early stages and they're a lot more, um, like I said, consistent. Yeah, they'll they'll be a tough test for us tomorrow, especially um, you know at home. And again, it comes down to us making sure that we um, you know have the tempo, intensity in the game that we know we need to have, and and put and put them under pressure um, for for you know the 95 minutes of the game. That's um, still going to be the, the kind of key cornerstone of our sort of um, success. I guess the thing for Celtic is to stay consistent. It would be wildly hypocritical of me to to have any different view when last year when we were behind. You know, by fair way, I remember at the time being pretty strong and saying that I think it's irrelevant. Points gaps and all these kind of things are irrelevant until until it's decided. What's important is that you know you continue to perform and and continue to win games of football. And if you do that, you, you kind of don't have to worry about what anyone else is doing because it's out of your control anyway. I can't control what other teams' results are. The only con- control we have is on how we perform in our games. Now, as you said, there's 18 games to go. Rough maths, what's that, 54 points? You'll know better than me. Our target is 54 points, mate. And if we get 54 points, then we won't have to worry about anything else. Peter Grant? Listen, as I said to you, in any dressing room, Paul, they'll always tell you it's not over. Celtic will be champions because they've got the best squad of players, they've got the best team, they've had the best results. And they've been consistent, which you have to be. He's 100% right. There will not be one Celtic player, along with the manager, will think that the championship's over but they know they have to win every game every game you get is tough when that whistle kicks off or blows off sorry 
you know you're in a game and you have to earn that right no matter who you're playing it can be the team at the bottom of the league it doesn't matter it's always tough and your players have got to raise a standard and Celtic have had the one across the bow with yeah. St, uh, St Mirren nobody saw that coming nobody saw it coming the Celtic were supposed to be doing this mm-hmm. they've won games where they've not played particularly well but they've still won and that's the important thing and that's what champions do when you're not playing well and that's what happened last week they get a goal when Rangers were the better side especially second half they get the goal which was massive goal because it does go down to six points. Then there's maybe not the manager sort of wavers a little bit, but the players start to waver a little bit. So they get into the game tomorrow and like drop a point. Then Rangers go and win it Tanadice the next day. Then you got to think, oh, bloody hell, it's a lot more closer than we thought. Exactly, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So we know that how important it is. But when you're in front, it's brilliant. People used to say they like to be the chaser. I'd always love to be in front. Did you? Oh yeah, yeah. it's not nothing better if you're in front, knowing that you know. It's your result. It's the only one that counts. I'm not balling who anybody else is going on. Your result's the only one that counts. Mark, what are you hearing in the manager there? Well, I mean, he said 54 points is a target, and actually mm-hmm. it is. That's what they want to do. Go and win every game. And I think they've only lost one league game at what 52, 53. Um, so if we get to 54 points, we know we're the champions. Get to 46 points, we're the champions. <laughs> you know, what I mean, sure. there's a there's a, a minimum. Mm-hmm. A minimum eight point, you know, where they can where they can they can fall effectively at least maybe ten points. You look at the goal difference. So, look, as I said earlier in the program, I think you know nobody would concede it and nobody would say it's over the line. But I think we'd all be very very surprised if Celtic are not champions come down end of May. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. You can give us a call. What do you think as we go into the games this weekend? Michael Beale. We'll hear more from him very shortly. So Celtic, Kilmarnock, Peter, I take it. What do you think? Scoreline. I think they'll not be easy, but I still think Celtic will win three 0 I know, I just do. I think Celtic have just got that quality. You know, whether it's from the bench or whether it's the ones that start. You know, what's your team for tomorrow? You know, roughly, would you? Like, so obviously, Joe Hart. The, the left uh, yep. back's interesting bit yep. for me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and not because of Juranovic last week, because he's been outstanding. Yeah. I just think a natural left footer mm-hmm. allows Celtic to play that a little bit quicker, especially when Starfelt's in the team. It was different when Mo was in the team because Mo could play with his right or his left in there and he was quite comfortable at using left. Starfelt mm-hmm. not as as, sure. as quick at using the ball. And I just think having two right footers there, everybody knows it's coming into the partner. If I'm Derek, I'm saying force them out the pitch. Sure. Force them out the pitch. So the quality's maybe not as good and it never is on your weaker foot, yeah. but the quality's maybe not as good and then that causes a bit of problem for Celtic and a bit of frustration. So you play Alexander Burnaby? Yeah, I would because yeah. I think you've got to get round. Come yeah. on, if they're going to be making it tough for you in there mm. and there's no spaces in there, you've got to get around the side of them. So you're not going to get right round the side of them a right foot on the left-hand side predominantly, you know. And that's different if he plays Jot out there who steps in and it still allows Burnaby mm. to get round the outside of him. Mark, all over the pitch there's things, you know, is Jota going to start? Is it going to be mm. Forrest? Is Abada going to start? Or What do you think uh, at fullback? Uh, well, I would definitely have Alistair Johnson at right yeah, back. Sure. and um, Carter Vickers, Starfelt. Yeah, uh, Starfelt, yeah. And um, I have to be honest, I probably prefer Jens to Starfelt, being honest. What's anyway. happened with Jens? I don't know. I think, yeah. as I said to you, Mo sometimes lets he's doing aggressive, yeah. but I think his overall performances he's done very well. He's a big unit. But you've got to remember what the Celtic looking at. Mm. Is it come the window? How much do we need to pay out? What we want to pay out? They've taken a left-sided centre back in, mm-hmm. you know, right. as yeah. well. So are they thinking that are we going to pay that amount that Morris's Mo's um, yeah. wages as well mm. as the fee? You know, so right. maybe he's thinking to himself, well, I'm already looking at that now. Yeah. And maybe Mo can maybe even get called back come the window. You know, maybe, maybe. And that'd be a shame because I think he's done himself justice and I think he was only going to get better under the manager. 
I would go with Bernard by at left back. Okay. I agree with, with mm-hmm. nothing against Juranovic, but sure. I, I just think the kind of ship's pretty much sailed. I think just you know, you know, obviously Celtic want to get in, in as much money as they can. He wants to yeah. go to the best club that he possibly can, but there's a, an inevitability about it, and therefore I think just go and get it done and give Bernard by. Mm-hmm. And I get his respect, Kilmarnock at home should be fairly comfortable. Nothing against Stephen McKenzie and these players, but it should be fairly comfortable. Therefore. And I think the, the odd time that Bernabé's played, I don't yeah. think he's been out of place. I think he's looked more than decent. Who else can look to play tomorrow? Aaron Moy, could he be on from the start? What do you well, think? Well, maybe because they're talking about Matt looking a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. I, I disagree. I think sometimes players want to play through that. You know, I know he's not played at his best. As in the, can you because, play through it? Yeah. yeah, because some players like to play because that's what you've got to do. And then some other guys think... The thing I'll say about Matt, and maybe the manager will look at that tomorrow, Matt was playing up to 60 minutes before Callum. Yeah. You know, and he was giving everything for that 60 minutes and he was real top quality. And I said to you, the problem as a young kid playing mm. 90 minutes all the time. That was a problem for him. So maybe the manager's looking at that now and think, well, OK, I've got these boys available. Matt can come off after 60 or he can go on in a few games just to get that freshness back into him. But there's no doubt about his quality. So Aaron Moy, I thought, come on and affected the game last week because he made runs forward and he's playing in a role that I said last season was quite when he was playing the deeper one where Callum was playing and I know the reasons why maybe it was his fitness levels weren't up yeah. but I definitely felt he was more the one that would make the advanced runs because he'd done that when he was at Brighton Huddersfield and got goals and was, had an effect on that and last week he was empty in the middle of the pitch yeah. and he was making Ryan Jack run back with him you know who to be fair he was diligent enough with him but end up get the goal near enough roundabout for that making that run in the box So and I just think Moy could play there and maybe rest Matt as I say on the bench mm-hmm. and maybe do that Mark, who else yeah, up front? What do you think? David Anyways. Turnbull will be, will be back in the, the equation. There's, there's Forrest, there's Abada, never started. Moy, never started. Giacomakis, eh, never started. Look, there's so many options. I mean, you, you look at it, that, that, I mean, the, you know, taking the goalkeeper out of the equation, the 10 outfield positions, you, you, you could literally put two for each slot into a hat and pick 10 out and, and you'd still have a right good start in 11. So Love he's it. absolutely spoiled. Uh, for choice the Celtic manager there's no doubt about that but that's a credit to him because he's recruited very very well different kind of tactic isn't it you never know <laughs> put the names in a hat <laughs> Peter Jake you were ever in there alongside Paul like doing that at times <laughs> <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go So doing the rundown now of the games at the weekend and some huge games in the Championship and in the First Division as well. We're flying through the games now with Peter Grant and Mark Guidi. Mark, what's your scoreline? Celtic against Kilmarnock tomorrow? Celtic 2, Kilmarnock 0. Scorers? <laughs> Giacomakis <laughs> and uh, uh, Catterbickles. Oh, Giacomakis, right, OK. Oh, interesting, I'm not getting you scorers, I'm uh, just okay. getting you results. Because <laughs> you said 14, no, you said 3-0. 3-0 you went for. OK, the other games tomorrow, Aberdeen against St Johnson. Massive game for probably Jim Goodwin but Mark what do you think of that one there Petorji and a couple yeah. of signings for um, Jim Goodwin this week yeah and Shinny's uh, yep. Shinny's back Aberdeen not a one in five St Johnson not a one in three uh, so big game for both I, mean, I think it is a vital one front of their own supporters uh, for Jim Goodwin although I watched them um, sports scene the other night and, and mm. I thought they battered Ross County but just couldn't put the ball in the net but on another day they could have won three or four nil but that said you've got to do it that's a massive game um I think St Johnson's going to nick that one, Paul. Do you? Two yeah, one. okay. Patrick Mislovich has been signed as well. Peter, what do you think? Aberdeen 2 0. Aberdeen 2 0. Yeah, Get... and I think Graham Shinney's a great sign from him. not just as a, a footballer, um, but just as a person. It's probably something you need round about them at this moment. Tim was what with Graham at the national team, and I thought he was a terrific kid and 
as I say, I, I would do anything and trained exceptionally well and probably that experience he's had at Aberdeen before. He won the cup, obviously, with Inverness against my boy Peter's team at, yep. at that particular time, Falkirk. And that was his last game for Inverness, I think, before um, he moved to Aberdeen. But uh, I think that's a very good sign for him. It could make the rest of the boys settle down a little bit. Where's Shinny been? I know he's pretty versatile, Peter. Where's he, where do you think? He's going to slot in for I think it depends with the injuries because he's playing Ross McCord in the centre of the pitch, wasn't he? And then he's ended up playing him at right back recently. And maybe that's emptied the middle of the pitch for them a little bit. And it could give them that little bit of help with experience in there, Martin. I think that's important for them, you know. But not also that. No, sometimes when the game's going against you or something's not going well for you, settle down a little bit. And I think Graham's got that wee bit in him. He's got great mannerisms with his teammates and he was very popular. So yeah. I think that's a very good one with him. And it's good for Jim as well because it gives him that experience on the pitch, not just him. You know, taking that pressure. And if Aberdeen win tomorrow, then they would go on to 29 points and Hearts are in 31. Peter will go to St Mirren. And that's going to be a tough game. But it's interesting, everybody's saying Hearts are doing fantastically well and okay. Aberdeen are doing hopeless. Yeah. And it can take it that's to what, two points. Of course. <laughs> this is the thing. Massive for Jim Goodwin tomorrow. Yeah. Suddenly, they're chasing that third spot. Absolutely. And I, I think they'll win that game tomorrow, as I say. Then the Hearts game, mm-hmm. I look at Hearts and yep. Mirren. St Mirren have got very good home for them, obviously. But I just think Hearts are on that better run and that result last week from I think Hearts will win at St Mirren. Even at, at yeah. Paisley, yeah. Because they've got a goal scorer. They've got a goal Shank scorer, a consistent goal scorer. They've got, they play a system that, that all the players know uh, and it suits the players that they have. And I just think that they, they've got that little bit more quality at this moment in time and I, th- I go for Hearts to win that one 2-1 If you were Rangers would you try and sign Loris Shankland? Well I was sitting here when Barry was talking about it all night he's a penalty box finisher mm-hmm. you know a very good finisher and if you're creating chances and playing a system if you ask me would I play him as a number 9 on his own at a club like Rangers I would probably say no, no. you know yep. that one that number 9 but if you're playing with two strikers playing with that back 3 whatever you call it 4, 3, 3 whatever I, 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 that's the only system change would probably nullify what he does really well and that's been running about the box and he, when he's running about the box if the ball drops to him you think the next thing it's going to be in the back of the net So you think though Hearts win tomorrow wouldn't yeah, you think? Yeah I think Hearts will win 1-0 and on launch Shankland uh, I know that when he was at United banging them in mm-hmm. a couple of years ago um, Stephen Gerrard and the staff really looked at him very very closely Michael Beale would have been part of that obviously yeah. Uh, staff group ah. uh, so they did consider even though he was in the championship they did consider Shankland because they could have got him in a free and do you know what, what, what have you, but they decided to to, to, to go and get um, other options so look I, I, I think he, there's no way he's leaving hearts in this window he, he's a captain um, he's loving he's got, it, isn't he? yeah he's yeah. absolutely and they're doing well is that I one think. of the reasons you think it's very unusual to make a striker. Yeah, I, I know. By the way, I, I don't. Is that just one of the reasons we're keeping? Yeah, Robbie knows them obviously. If you yeah. know, absolutely. Do do what you can. You know, they've got a, a good bit of momentum going. They're kind of slow start in the league. It's taken them a while to get up there, but I don't think they'll lose third spot now. And I think Robert Snodgrass is playing particularly well for them as well. Um, he's culture, doesn't he? Yeah, we talked okay. to him last night yeah, in the program. Terrific player. So anyway, okay. Hearts to win one 0 Okay, uh, Ross County against Livingston. Mark, what's going to happen at Dingwall? One one. Share the spoils. Another share of the spoils. That's right, yeah? exactly what I've got. Yep, you one, think one. so too, yep. Peter. Okay, so that's the games tomorrow: Celtic, Kilmarnock, St Mirren, Hearts, Aberdeen, St Johnson, and Ross County against Livingston. We'll come to Sunday's games: Motherwell against Hibs. I Peter. went for Motherwell to win one 0 Why? I just think there looks a nervousness about Hibs. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting. The managers come out, done a lot of talking again this week, um, telling them how everybody backs them and all the players back them. Um, and all the, the the staff and that they've got, and that's fine. 
but you can't be coming out and saying the things you're saying against the players and expect that back. And, and it's not you that should be coming out and saying that. At the end of the day, you know your role is to tell the players what their job is and to get them organised to win games of football. And if you're being harsh with them, you're being harsh with them in the dressing room, there's an acceptance. Mm. But when you're saying that 10 guys are not fit enough to strip, you're not talking about five. Or you're not talking about one person. You know, you're talking about 10. That's your dressing room. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's infiltrated right away. Because they're all friends. Players are, players are all friends. And there was a lot of negative press coming out prior to the match and whatever. Mm -hmm. And the players, it gives the players something to hang on to and to yeah. blame. And I just think he's maybe bought off more than he could chew with that statement last week. Yeah, and he said he's... Uh, super confident he thinks it could be a super end to the season for them after the derby flop Mark we all know it's been social media you know yeah. out in Edinburgh not long before the game and all the rest of it it's been tough terrible result for him in the derby which is yeah. massive in yeah, Edinburgh and there's another derby yeah. the Scottish Cup tie yeah. at Easter Road at home my hearts um, I think Motherwell have only won one or two home league games this season so it's not great for part there needs to be an improvement there as well they're getting sucked right into the battle at the bottom and Louis Moult yeah I, I think Motherwell can win that as well, and I'd, I'd, the question for me would be, if Motherwell do win on Sunday, does Lee Johnson survive? Because that, that, if, you, if you're Hibs, yeah. I don't think that's acceptable losing to Motherwell, considering Motherwell's record. And the Gordons have a record, haven't they? You know, they've changed managers quite a few times. And I'm, and I'm sure, if, I, I, yeah. I don't know, but I would imagine if you're a chairman or a managing director or an owner or a board of directors and you've seen some of the comments from your manager, I don't think you're going to be overly happy about them. Yeah, that that that's the thing for me. It's not... I hate managers losing their job and I don't hope he doesn't lose his job in any shape or form. But what I'm saying is you have to be careful. Yeah. There's things that can be said and there's things that can't be said. And I know if I'm in a dressing room and I can tell you if 10 of my, my teammates were told they weren't good enough because if there's 25 is, 30 is in the room about their two dressing rooms, we're all friends. Don't like to see other guys hurt. Maybe not be playing. I maybe be playing, my pal maybe not be playing, but if he's hurt because of the manager's quotes, I'm like, oh, hold on a sure. minute. And there's a negativity. That's what I'm saying. I hope he doesn't lose his job. I know you need to win games of football uh, to keep in your job. I understand that. But you have to be very, very careful with what you're saying because he's going from one week he's saying something to the next week thinking everything's hunky-dory. So, Mark, you go for a Motherwell win, did you say? Yeah, I'm going to go yep. for Motherwell to win 2-1. 2-1? Motherwell 1-0. 1-0. And... On Sunday, Dundee United Rangers, the game on Sky. In fact, they're both on Sky, aren't they? Yeah. Which is good to have uh, Super Sunday. So Dundee United Rangers. I don't have the manager speaking about the game itself, but he's speaking here about what he's looking for in anyone coming into Rangers. Well, there's two things. There's on the pitch and then there's off the pitch around the building. So in terms of are they the right sort of person to come into our environment? Are they going to fit? Sometimes there's a lot of good players out there, but are they going to fit the squad that you've got now? And they'll come in for on the pitch for very, very specific roles so they understand what they're coming in. I don't really like changing people. So if I see a player outside and he plays a certain way, I like the easiest way to transfer talent is to put a lot of the same things around them. And I think there'll be, diff there'll be a difference. You'll see maybe someone coming in who you think, OK, he's already made now. And there might be one or two you think, oh, that's an interesting one. The Rangers have done one or two of them things before. And he's a player with high promise, but you'll definitely be able to see how they're going to fit into our team. So that's what he's looking for in any signings. And he did say earlier that he has seen some players, he's spoken to some that he's interested in, and there won't be any loan deals. Mark, what's going to happen on Sunday at Tanadice? I think it'll be a really good game. Yeah. You know, the United back-to-back -back wins, they'll be feeling good about themselves. Um, Tony Watt getting, getting on the score sheet, Stephen Fletcher, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, 
involved. I think it'd be a really tasty game mm. at Tanadice, full house. Goals. Yeah, goals. 3-1 Rangers. 3-1 Rangers, you reckon? Peter, what do you think? 2-0 Rangers. Yep. I think they just have too much quality for Dundee United. You know, um, they've had good performances. Um, I just think Rangers will be too strong and the expectation now for the fans and the managers given them. But it's interesting listening to him talking about his signings because we've always said it's, it can be good players elsewhere. You know, when you pull that blue jersey or the green white hoops, it's completely different. You know, can you handle it? Somebody who's done really well for Rangers, he won the title... You know, after a few years, of course, was James Tavernier. The manager's been speaking about his skipper. Oh, I think, listen, he took a high-pressure penalty at a big moment in the game and, and scored. I thought, obviously, Maeda got the better of him for the first goal. There's a few mistakes in, in both goals. I thought Maeda started the game very well. And I thought at times then, as the game went on, Tav did very well. So, listen, I think that's what happens when you're playing against good players. At different times in the game, you've got to tussle and get through it and... James has uh, got my full back in. Uh, he's got a young one now who's coming along who wants to play. And uh, so it's interesting. I like James when someone's breathing down his neck. I think that was, we saw the best of him when uh, Nathan Patterson was chasing him down. And, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get a reaction out of Adam because I thought Adam did really well for three or four games. And likewise, when Ridvan's fit, Borna's got a I want that. I want that competition, not just for James, for everybody. And we've not had it. In, it the, the reality is we haven't had it. And I think that everyone's got to jump up a notch if they're, they're worried whether they're going to be playing or not. Into the Championship, just before we go, let's look at some of the games. Partick Thistle, Morton. Scoreline, what do you think, Peter? Who's going to win? Partick Thistle, you just yeah. don't know what's going to yep. turn up, you know. I'm sure Declan Knight. Up, he'll, be, he'll be pulling his hair out. Um, I'll go for Thistle in that one. You're going for the Jags. What do you think? Yeah, Partick Thistle to 3-2. Cove Rangers now under Paul Hartley up against Owen Coins, Queen's Park. I think close. Queen's Park have done exceptionally well. I said I thought they would because I, I didn't mm. think in the Championship there was, there was any golf at all, you know, between the uh, the First Division when they were going up with the quality there. I think Simon Murray's been terrific. As I said at the time, I'd like to attain him to Dunfermline. Mm -hmm. um, but he had obviously injury issues and whatever. And he's I, scoring I, now. He's, yeah. But he's been excellent, fantastic for them. And he's a big player. He could shoot them all the way to the champions in that, that league. Is that an away win for you then? Yes. An away win there. Air United against Hamilton Ackies, poor old Ackies at the bottom. Does anyone think Ackies can win at Somerset? No. Air looking at Air United. I, I, would think... I would like them to make Hamilton to get a result to be perfectly honest because sure. John's a, a, a really diligent worker, John Rankin, you know, and he deserves that. And I know yeah. how hard he works at his, his job. I'd love to see him getting a result. And that's nothing against Air United. Sure. It's just I'd like to see John getting a result there. And are both against uh, Inverness, Cali Thistle. And tonight's game, Wraith Rovers against Dundee. Peter, what do you think? It's an interesting one because yeah. I've seen Wraith a couple of times and they've, they've played really well in one or two. And in other games, I've seen them have been disappointed in them. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to go for Dundee in that, but. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for Dundee. Well, yeah, I think Dundee need to bounce back. They lost to a broth at home there. Um, at the start of the week, which was a shock result. They lost their place at the top of the table because of it. Yes, I agree with Peter. They'll, they'll bounce back 1-1-0. What are you going to take in this weekend, Peter? Are you sure? I'm Maybe Clyde? To, uh, yeah, go yeah. and see Clyde and Ke uh, Kelty. Playing Kelty, um, As I yeah. say, hopefully Peter will be playing Raymond. I'm not so sure because he's got an injury problem. And our own Stephen McGinn will be captaining Falkirk against Montrose. There's also FC Edinburgh against Dunfermline. Peter Head Airdrie. Queen of the South against Alloa. Finally, the injury updates. Uh, good news for Rangers fans. I think by the end of the month, I think very similar to Yanis, by the end of the month, we'll be, you know, Yanis has been training now contact, which is a big thing when you come off a, of an injury like that. And obviously John has just gone straight back in into contact. It's a different type of injury. So 
let's give them a good couple of weeks. We've got a busy schedule before that, but if we sort of earmarked around the St. Johnston game at the end of the month, uh, we won't be too far out for both of those boys. And Mark, that's one of the things he said he was looking for, to bring some of these many players. There was about six players in yeah, long-term injury. Well, I mean, he, he started to get Cholak and Roof back. He said an extra two number nines now uh, available, which is a big, big boost. And uh, Hadji, Lauren, Suter. So yeah, they'll, they'll look a lot healthier come the end of the month. Here's Ange Postacoglu, injury update ahead of the game tomorrow. Yeah, um, so yeah, Greg, Greg's got a slight hamstring, so we've got a scan. Um, it's not too serious, but he'll, he'll definitely miss probably um, a couple of weeks. Um, so he's the only one sort of from the game. And then in terms of the ones returning, they're all closer, but not available for tomorrow. So um, so really it's just you know, Greg out and um, no one else sort of uh, in a right out after that. Cup action next weekend. Peter, we'll speak to you during the week. You'll be back in. Thank you so I'm much. Invited Peter, back you're I'm always, back. <laughs> always invited. Mark Guidi, we'll see you on Monday with Good Barry. Weekend. Yeah, Zoe's up next uh, with Go Dance. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.